0: And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Dr. Elias Medeiros. He is a native of Brazil, Harriet Barber Professor of Missions at Reformed Theological Seminary in Jackson, Mississippi. Brother Elias, it's great to have you with us today.
1: My friend, it is a, always a great joy have an opportunity to tell more about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why I would be glad to answer
0: questions. You know, um, the other day I I found something in the mail waiting for me. It came from the seminary, and it had a beautiful picture on the front, kind of a stained-glass window uh, picture, and the title was Christmas, a Worldwide Celebration of the Incarnation. And that got me thinking about something as I looked at the article and, and thought about this. Um, so often here in America, we maybe have our blinders on just a little bit and always think about ourselves. But this is far more, the coming of Jesus is far more than any one nation. It's universal. It's, it's uh, worldwide, I should say. And so uh, you're involved in missions and maybe you can tell us just a wee bit about yourself, what you do, before we get to the main part of the discussion.
1: All right, my dear brother, there's a long history. I finished seminary in Brazil in 1974. That's when I did my MDiv, and right after that, in January of the following year, my presbytery ordained me because I was preparing myself to go to the Amazon jungle. Which means that the first four years of my ministry, and then at the end of that year, I married the one who is now my wife for 41 years, and she's Dutch. My wife is Dutch in Brazil. Her parents were Dutch missionaries to Brazil. Then the first four years, we really worked evangelism and church planning in the jungles of the Amazon. And after that, we spent a little more time, six and a half years in Northeast Brazil in the city called Recife, as I was also teaching at the seminary there, my alma mater, and uh, working in urban church planting for six and a half years. And this is just a summary. I have been uh, pastoring also in Brazil, and also was the academic dean of an evangelical mission center that trains Brazilians for cross-cultural missionary work in South Brazil. And we have been here now in Jackson, Mississippi for the past 26 years. I did my PhD here in USA and my on a master's degree, as I was working during my time, and received an invitation to here from Reformed Theological Seminary in 1992 to become a full-time faculty here. There was a no planning to stay here, but I contacted. I have. I'm very ecclesiastentric, my brother, in the sense that uh, when I received the invitation here uh, after finishing my doctorate here. I contacted the moderator of my church, the Presbyterian Church of Brazil, which is the Presbyterian Church of Brazil theologically like PCA here. Although we are older, the Presbyterians are there since 1859 in Brazil, and we are bigger than PCA. But I immediately talked with my moderator because I was ready to go back to serve my church back in Brazil. That's when he said, accept the invitation because we want to develop more relationship, not only with RTS." But also with PCA and the other faithful uh, reform denominations in the country. And uh, this is just a summary of my pilgrimage so far. I have been married with this beautiful Dutch lady for 41 years. We have uh, three children, seven granddaughters. The oldest one is 17. The youngest one is one year old. But this has been my uh, a little bit of the summary of my of my life. In Brazil, we have also, our children have uh, practically lived within three cultures, and it has been a great blessing. Um, the Dutch culture, the Brazilian culture, the American culture, and we realize that's not a big deal. When you have Christ in your life, and the Bible as your guide, and the Holy Spirit as the one who leads your life, then we re- really realize that's not a big deal. The problem is not
0: culture in itself. Well, that's, uh, that's helpful hearing your background. And um, we have a friend who is a missionary in Brazil, you know, a, a couple that's working there as a missionary pilot. And uh, so our ears were piqued a little bit as we heard um, the fact that uh, you had these connections with Brazil. In your article, Christmas, a worldwide celebration of the Incarnation. You uh, started off talking about Christians celebrating the birth of the Lord Jesus, and you talk a little bit about the term Christmas and where that yeah. comes from and, and what the other terms are used in, uh, in Brazil, etc. Could you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, the, the, the thing is um, we have to understand that this terminology varies, then many times we have to know what people mean by those terms. And reality is that we don't have a, a word that uh, becomes worldwide among the Christianity to describe or to refer to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. For example, in English, then we have really the word Christmas, which is really just uh, a word that comes from an old English, which is Christis Massi, which is really just the mass or the festival of Christ. But when you go, for example, to the to Brazil, we don't use the word Christmas, nor even Christmast, but we use the word Natal. Natal is simply the, the word that's coming from Latin that means birth. Mm-hmm. I have friends, for example, throughout South America, uh, Hispanic brothers and sisters, and they don't use the same word, but they use the word Navidad. Navidad, feliz navidad which is just the word for birth. But the word Natal, even in my country, for example, we can use this to talk about your birth. For example, many times they ask the question, what is your data natalicia,
2: mm-hmm.
1: date of your Natal? Uh, but the word Natal itself became a, a kind of a, a key word for the celebration during December, 25th of December. But I think that the, the thing at the end is not doesn't matter really what word we are using, but what kind of celebration we are celebrating at that period of the year.
0: So, uh, that's helpful. Um, Regarding the celebration, and uh, um, we in the States here, we have uh, December the 25th, at least I should say, Western Christians uh, December the 25th. How long have we been, as Western Christians, been celebrating it on December the 25th?
1: What I have realized as I was looking through the literature. The thing is this, that probably, historically speaking, probably the first time that we got some reference about 25th of December as a celebration of so-called Christmas is really three centuries after what we call Christianity. The first mention that we find in our calendar is December 25th, 336. Mm-hmm. You know the point is that for more than three hundred years, um, Christmas, as we call it here in USA, was not part of the Christian calendar. And there are other reasons. For example, of course, even during the time of the first three centuries, the the apostolic father, the church fathers, spoke about the birth of Christ. It is registered in the Bible. But the question was more about the date: when was he born? What year? What day? etc. was not really for celebration, but just for the historical fact. Mm-hmm. But uh, but when we begin to read about it, it's so interesting, because, for example, I find I found people like Origen that uh, was a grace against any celebration of the birth of Christ, because he would think that it's wrong to honor Christ the same way you honor Pharaoh or Herod, mm-hmm. uh, and that birthdays were for pagan gods. But Throughout Christianity, for example, if you think about uh, all the apostolic fathers, they always talk about the incarnation of Christ, the birth of Christ. But the date itself, they presented so many different dates throughout history, for example. Um, I was just reading the, the literature and see, like Polycarp and Clement of Alexandria, Hippolytus and others, you have so many different dates to point to the date. The birth of Christ, not to the celebration of the the birth, but just to the date of his birth, like January second, March twenty one, March twenty five, April eighteen, April nineteen, May, November seventeen, November twenty, you name it. But it's really it seems that I think that the Western Christians were the first to celebrate Christmas on December twenty fifth okay. in three hundred thirty six. That's the point.
0: Yeah, in your article, you also mentioned. Um the reformers and some of them did not want to celebrate Christmas, and yet you did include a quotation here from John Calvin, uh, what he wrote yes. in a letter 1551. Yes. Can you share that brief uh, quotation?
1: You see, I have read this a long time ago. For a few years ago, I was in a discussion with some Brazilian pastors, and I found this letter in Latin that I translated at that time. But this letter you find today in English, because uh, people are always saying that uh, the Reformers and the Puritans were against the celebration of the birth of Christ. And you find, especially among the Puritans, but uh, the reason for the Puritans were more historic and theological in the sense of, you know, for 300 years the Church has not celebrated the birth of Christ. And uh, the way that the Roman Catholics were celebrating, they would not agree with that, with so many superstitions and so many insinuations about Mary as the mother of God because she was the mother of Christ. Mm -hmm. And these kind of associations, for example, the Puritans understood that this theologically and biblically, exegetically uh, is wrong and this association because, uh, unfortunately, what the Roman Catholics forgot is that every time the New Testament, when Jesus is referring to Mary, the word he uses is firstborn. Now, every time the word is used, example, you can find that in John, the Gospel of John, if the name of Jesus is associated with God, he's called the only begotten. In other words, you are the first of Mary, but the only of God, because Mary had all the children, and the Roman Catholics uh, do not want to admit that. And of course, I can understand the Puritans' black, uh, forcing or standing a little bit against it. But Calvin is a very interesting case. For example, I have, i by the way, I checked the letter twice, and I got a copy of the letter. It was really a letter that John Calvin wrote on January 2nd, 1551, to a Swiss pastor called John Haller in Bern. In other words, we have that. I have the copy of this Mm. Um, And the letter is about uh, abolition of the great festivals at Geneva. And uh, the the article didn't publish the whole letter, but it's very interesting. Let me just read to you and keep whatever you want from this letter. I have the copy here. The letter is this. Kelvin writes this passage in 1551, and says, Besides, quoting, besides the abolition of the feast days here, has given grievous offense to some of your people, it is likely enough that much unpleasant talk has been circulated among you. I'm pretty certain also that I get the credit of being the author of the whole matter, both among the malevolent and the ignorant. But as I can solemn testify that it was accomplished without my knowledge and without my desire, so I resolved from the first rather to weaken malice by silence than be ever solicitous about my defense. Before I have ever entered the city, that's the quote of Elvis says, before I ever entered the city, I mean Geneva, mm-hmm. there were no festivals but the Lord's Day. Those celebrated by you were approved of by the same public decree by which Pharrell and I were expelled. And it was rather extorted by the tumultuous violence of the ungodly than decreed according to the order of law. Since my recall, that's when Paul, he says, I have pursued the moderate course of keeping Christ's birthday as you are one to do. That's Kelvin's position.
0: Yeah, well that's very interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, people are putting this charge on me as I was against it or that I was abolishing it, but let me tell you, uh he said really when I came there was no other but festival but the Lord's Day. Yeah. But uh, but I have he says this but I have pursued the moderate course of keeping Christ's birthday as you are wanting to do. Well, that's
0: an interesting quote that he that he that he had pursued this moderate course of keeping Christ's birthday. Now, uh, let me ask you this: You really uh, sparked my interest here. You're from Brazil. Um, How do Brazilians celebrate Christmas? Is it similar to or different from here in America?
1: We have been. for example, the Presbyterian Church in Brazil and the Baptist, the Methodist, they were really fruit by God's grace of American missionaries, most of them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: of American missionaries coming to to Brazil. But the Roman Catholics arrived in Brazil already in 1500, mm-hmm. and then this tradition that you find among the Roman Catholics about the about the celebration of of Christmas were already present for. For example, the, if the Presbyterian missionary, Asbel yes, Green Simon, got there in 1859, in other words, for almost 400 years, we have already a Roman Catholic tradition sure. of the Christmas. And then all these, what you call the, the manger, mm-hmm. nativity scene, and of course the idea that, uh, unfortunately, that you see the pictures of the nativity scene with joseph and mary and jesus and always that uh, hello whatever around head of mary and joseph etc then it varies but let me put this way every church generally speaking every christian let it put about the evangelical every evangelical church has a special worship service on december 25th mm-hmm. it's really a very big worship service with preaching and with singing. Unfortunately, some churches put also, of course, the Christmas tree inside the the sanctuary and put some presents under the Christmas tree. But generally, mainly they have a worship service because we want to proclaim. We're not just celebrating the birth of Jesus, because that's one of my points in the articles. Because anyone... Can accept and believe in the birth of Christ, even the Muslims believe that Christ was born, but what they don't believe is that one was born was the incarnate Son of God. and therefore for us, this is one of the key and central messages that we hope that the Brazilian church will always convey every December 25th. In other words, we are here to celebrate the incarnate birth of Jesus Christ. Not just the birth of Christ, but the, the one who came in this world, as Matthew says, to be God with us. But when you go to the, the, the houses, for example, then what they do is they, they have this special worship service, which is really big with the families and, uh, and friends. And after the church, then all of us go. people go to their own house with their own family, and then they have a big dinner. And, uh, and sometimes they celebrate that as uh, uh, singing or just talking till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm. It's, it's that we do this celebration after the worship service. We do this on the 25th and also on December 31st. We have a special also worship service in every church on December 31st, starting at 10 o'clock at night and going until the New Year. Worship works for two years. Yeah, we have for two hours at least. We have that starting at 10 o'clock, and sometimes we start at 11 o'clock, so that the idea is that all we, as evangelicals, we want to end the old year and start the new year within the Church, with the Church. Amen, yes. With God's people. This is the tradition among the evangelicals in Brazil, generally. We have December 25th, the special worship service, and then we have a special worship service on December 31st every
0: year. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Now today we're talking with Pastor Elias Medeiros. He's a native of Brazil and Harriet Barber Professor of Missions at RTS Jackson. We've got maybe um 2 or 3 minutes left, Dr. Medeiros. You mention you make a reference here in your article of Luke chapter 2. Oh, yeah. verses 8 through 20. Let's close with those thoughts today.
1: If someone read it carefully, you're going to see that the night that Jesus Christ was born, nobody was celebrating that. The one celebrating the birth of Christ was really the Father. When you see that, he's the one who sent the angels. The angel came glorifying God. It's amazing. Glorifying God by sending his Son. And every time I preach on that particular task, I have to remember this, because the one who is really rejoicing, exulting uh, on the birth of Jesus Christ, the incarnation of Christ, was the Father. And it's amazing that the angel said to the pastors, "Said do not be afraid, for I bring you. This you is fantastic." There, it says, <laughs> "I bring you." In other words, uh, Christ was born for us. And he says, not only that, good tides of great joy, literally of a mega joy. And then in the verse 11, it says, for there is born to you this day. Christ was born to me. Amen. It, it is simply, and God is rejoicing in sending in his Son. <laughs> now, it makes so much sense when I go to John 3.16, and, and, and you have those words, for God to so love the world that he gave, and he gave filled with joy. Mm-hmm. It's truly almost unbelievable say when I read those texts of of Luke, in you know, other words, the reference to joy and to celebration, then if there is someone who celebrated the birth of Christ or the incarnation of Christ was his father. Nobody else was expecting him, even the shepherds were there by themselves uh There was no place for Joseph and Mary in the in the city. But the one we celebrate is really, and that's one of the things that I tell, uh, um, for example, the angel of the Lord, you see the glory of the Lord and the shepherd. You see the good ties of great joy to all people. You see the multitude, the heavenly host, praising God. You see the shepherd's joyful sighting. You see the shepherd's joyful message at the day of the birth of Christ. The Bible says, Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the stain which was told them concerning this child. And the Bible says "Then the shepherds returned glorified and praising God for all the things that they have heard and seen as it was told them. And then God was the, the first doubtless. You have Joseph and Mary to celebrate the birth of the incarnate son. But the third group here, doubtless, were the shepherds. They were the ones who celebrated what they have heard that night, and what they have seen. And that's why I say, when you're going to celebrate Christmas, think in terms of celebrate the incarnation of God's only Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and do it across the street and around the world. John, John chapter 1, sorry that I'm preaching to you, but that's okay. (laughs) John says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we we behold His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. By the way, the thing is this, God has manifested His glory throughout the Bible in several ways. By creating the universe, by, by for example, by bringing the, the plagues in Egypt, by liberating His people from Egypt, by bringing them to the promised land, by signing them wonders throughout the Bible. But the Bible says, that's amazing. The Bible leaves it very clear that the most biblical, most majestic, uh, glorious way that God has manifested His glory is by sending His Son. Mm.
2: You
1: know, the, the incarnation of Christ was the greatest, the, the highest, the most exalting. And the uh, glorious revelation of God's glory ever. God became visible, touchable, audible. Yes. That's what John says. The Word became flesh and dwell among us, and we behold His glory. This is the greatest, the most outstanding way by which God's glory was manifest among us, was by descending in the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And my friend, uh, I'm looking for word of His second coming,
2: mm-hmm. because
1: I want to celebrate His second coming. It's going to happen one day.
0: <laughs>
1: and why not celebrate in the birth of the incarnation of this one who is coming?
0: <laughs> Amen.
1: You know, it makes no sense. The Old Testament prophets look forward that day. God celebrated, and there is no biblical reason whatever to avoid the celebration of this day, whether 25th of December, whatever date you have, but we should celebrate the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ every single day when you wake up. No, He was born. He died. He rose again. He's coming back. Hmm. And uh, that's the way I think we have to live our lives every single day, my dear brother.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. Today we've been talking with Pastor Elias Medeiros, He's a native of Brazil and Harriet Barber Professor of Missions at Reformed Theological Seminary, Jackson, Mississippi, often making trips overseas. And uh, Dr. Medeiros, thank you so very much for joining us today.
1: God bless you, dear brother, with your ministry.
0: And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.